The Terrifying Lies Podcast, with music and stories by Craig Nibo. Well, here we are again at the end of another season of the Terrifying Lies Podcast. If there is a theme to season two, I believe it would be demons. You came with me to the old western town of Bannock, where Galen and the little girl live, went up against an entire community affected by a master demon during a biblical time referred to as the Great Harvest. You smelled the sweat and steam of Mickey Atlas, the MMA fighter's locker room, when a strange being enlisted his help to fight transdimensional demons. You followed the man in the dark suit into Dwayne Carlyle's apartment to witness the final few minutes of a man's miserable existence. You even sat in an adjacent booth at a 50s diner and listened as a young man accidentally sold his soul to a demon for a hamburger. All this and more unfolded in Season 2 of the Terrifying Lies podcast. If you missed any of it, I encourage you to go back, put in your earbuds, and embark on the sojourns offered by the Terrifying Lies podcast. Thank you for joining me. I hope you've found the tortuous journey through 12 cells occupied by the mostly hopeless, both engaging and delightful. Today, I intend to take you into the 13th and final cell. Before we go, I want to ask, if you enjoy the Terrifying Lies podcast, why not back the show? In each episode description, you can click on links that take you to monthly subscription options and even a way to leave tips via Venmo. For those kind enough to back the podcast at the $4.99 per month level, I send out season t-shirts. For those who back the podcast at the $9.99 per month level, I send t-shirts plus something extra, maybe an album, maybe a book, but something cool for sure. If you aren't keen on picking up a monthly subscription, you can always send a donation via Venmo. Your donations will keep terrifying lies on the air. Today's story goes back to my younger days when my parents purchased children's books that came with cassette tapes. I and my brothers would put the cassettes in a portable tape deck and listen to brilliant performers read the story while we followed along and looked at the illustrations. The tapes would mark when it was time to turn the page with a sound, a bell, a character saying a signature phrase, or some other sound effect. I love these books. They were the first audiobooks I can remember. In the spirit of those grand days as a child, I offer you a similar story. A while ago, I kickstarted a hardback book called Tesla v. Cthulhu, a bedtime story. Some of you backed this extremely limited edition hardback. I absolutely appreciate your support. The book contains the text for a story along with a QR code readers can scan for follow-along narration. If you don't have the book, you won't get the full experience, and you will have to ignore the signal to turn the page, triggered by the scream of an insane occultist witch. The hardback book, Tesla v. Cthulhu, a bedtime story, is extremely limited. At the moment, in fact, 
I only have eight remaining copies. If you want one, you can order your own autographed copy at craignibo.com while supplies last. They cost 40 bucks plus shipping. I now give you Tesla v. Cthulhu, a bedtime story, written and performed by me, Craig Nibo. Nikola Tesla versus Cthulhu, a bedtime story. Written and performed by Craig Nibo, with original music by Craig Nibo. If you have a copy of the limited edition, illustrated, hardback printing of this story, you can read along in your book. You will know when it is time to turn the page, when you hear the insane cultist witch scream in terror like this. Let's begin now. Tesla lived in his laboratory on Knob Hill outside of Colorado Springs where he and his assistant, Fritz Lowenstein, produced lightning from a tower that lit up the sky. Tesla wanted to control energy. He and his assistant filled a tall antenna fixed to their laboratory with massive electricity. Together, Tesla and Lowenstein made lightning. Their experiments blasted craters and long trenches of scorched earth into the ground around the laboratory. Tesla performed other experiments, such as charging the ground and screwing light bulbs into the dirt. Like magic, the light bulbs glowed, drawing electricity from the Earth itself. Tesla wanted to figure out how to turn the Earth into a giant battery and transmit electricity through the air to another location. He practiced by shooting energy from his lab antenna to a secret place in the woods he called the Lightning Wood. Tesla and Lowenstein had built two electric towers, each as tall as two men, at the Lightning Wood, located in a forest clearing several miles away from the laboratory. With the throw of a switch, Tesla could send electricity through the air from his lab on Knob Hill to the Lightning Wood. The people living in Colorado Springs got used to seeing strange lights and odd cloud formations above Tesla's Knob Hill laboratory and the Lightning Wood. They didn't mind because they enjoyed the electricity Tesla had brought to their community. <coughs> Although Fritz Lowenstein, Tesla's assistant, enjoyed performing experiments with electricity, he didn't like Nikola Tesla. Tesla ordered Lowenstein around like a servant and showed little respect. Even though Lowenstein worked hard and repeatedly showed his cleverness, by thinking up ways to make their experiments even more powerful. Lowenstein wanted recognition for his hard work, but Tesla took all of the credit. Rather than validating his assistant, Tesla made Lowenstein do the dirty work, like emptying the incinerator traps and scraping carbon buildup from the dynamos. Tesla even made Fritz massage his toes so he could think more clearly while planning new experiments. For a long time, Fritz Lowenstein stayed quiet. He didn't want to disrupt Tesla's important work. He didn't want to risk losing his job advancing electrical experiments that could change the world. One day, Lowenstein became so frustrated that he decided to quit. 
He and Tesla argued so loudly that some of the equipment in the laboratory rattled as they shouted at each other. In a fit of anger, Lowenstein raised his finger and said, enough is enough. I don't care how important your work is, I quit. Lowenstein wanted Tesla to apologize, but Tesla only smirked, folded his arms, and turned his back on his friend. Lowenstein left the Knob Hill laboratory that night red-faced and angry. Not knowing where to go, he walked toward town. After strolling the streets of Colorado Springs for about an hour, Fritz Lowenstein decided to walk into a saloon called the Carinade Tavern. The saloon owner named it the Carinade Tavern because someone had given him a small cannon called a carinade. The saloon owner always told people the little gun came from a pirate ship. The carinade hung on the wall behind the bar where everyone could admire it. When Lowenstein entered the saloon, he spotted his friend Hercule sitting at the bar. Lowenstein sat down next to Hercule and told his friend about his argument with Tesla. He told Hercule that he had quit and walked out of the Knob Hill lab forever. Hercule could hardly believe that Lowenstein had left such a good job working for the most brilliant man in the world. He even told Lowenstein that his duty lay in helping Tesla to bring electricity to the world. Lowenstein explained to Hercule that he liked performing the experiments, but working for Tesla felt like being a prisoner. He told Hercule stories about how Tesla disrespected and abused him every day. Lowenstein said there comes a point in a man's life when he has to stand up for himself. But no matter what Lowenstein said, Hercule continued encouraging him to return to Knob Hill and apologize to Tesla. Some of the people in the saloon overheard Lowenstein and Hercule's conversation. They agreed that Lowenstein owed it to the world to help Tesla finish his experiments. <coughs> Meanwhile, a lovely lady, Alice, worked across town at the local telegraph office. As she went through papers, stamped and sorted the daily mail, and organized a pile of telegrams on her desk that she would later send, the telegraph machine went crazy with a series of dots and dashes. Someone was sending a message in Morse code, but this message didn't come through the telegraph wires hooked up to the building. It came through the air. Alice knew that the news came from Tesla because he had invented a way to transmit messages without wires. Alice liked Tesla because he recognized her brilliance and helped her get a job at the telegraph office. Sometimes, Tesla even sent encouraging notes to her during the day. The message repeated over and over. Alice sat down at her desk and translated it. Eminent danger, stop. Go to Lightningwood and Tower, stop. Tesla, the great scientist who had brought electricity to Colorado Springs, in danger? Alice had to go for help. She snatched the message and left the telegraph office without locking the door. She went to the police station and found the building empty. She went to the mayor's office, but he had left on vacation. She even went to the church, where the pastor had taken his family on a touring tent revival. Tesla was in trouble, and she couldn't find anyone to help. She finally decided to go to the one place where she could always find people, the Carinade Tavern. 
Alice found Fritz and Hercule sitting at the bar, the Carinade Tavern. Lowenstein didn't believe her when she said Tesla was in trouble. He told her he had just been with Tesla back at the lab. He said he had quit and walked out on his boss. Alice slapped the message she had received at the telegraph station on the bar where everyone could read it. The bartender read the message out loud. Danger, stop. Go the lightning wood and tower, stop. Although Tesla and Lowenstein had tried to keep their forest testing station a secret, the bartender and everyone else in town couldn't help but notice the strange cloud formations that loomed over that area of the woods. The bartender told of three weird sisters who had come to Colorado Springs. The three women kept to themselves, but rumors circulated that they commanded dark magic. The bartender thought maybe the three witches' magic formed those dark clouds. He thought that perhaps they had kidnapped Tesla and intended to harm him with some terrible spell. Lowenstein didn't believe in witches. He said the clouds over the woods formed due to his and Tesla's experiments in their secret testing site. Lowenstein thought Tesla had sent the message just to get attention. Alice argued with Lowenstein. She said Tesla's mind is too precious to waste. Tesla had the power to make the world better, full of light and electricity. If something happened to Tesla, society could remain in the dark ages for decades. Alice, Hercule, and the bartender argued with Lowenstein, trying to convince him that he needed to save Tesla from the three witches and their dark magic. Even the bar patrons worried about their town's resident genius. Everyone wanted Lowenstein to take action. Alice and Hercule insisted they would join the rescue party. Lowenstein still didn't believe that the three witches had kidnapped Tesla. He thought Tesla was playing a game just to get attention after his head assistant quit. But under the pressure of so many people wanting him to go, he agreed to take Alice and Hercule to his and Tesla's secret testing site to investigate. The bartender thought the three witches could harm Lowenstein and the others with their wicked spells. They would need weapons if they intended to go up against the three witches. He took down the carronade cannon from the wall behind the bar and gave it to Hercule. He also gave them gunpowder and a cannonball with a metal loop to which they could attach a cable. Alice took a coil of cable down from a hook on the wall and put it over her shoulder. Lowenstein protested. He thought everyone was overreacting. Taking weapons could be dangerous. Hercule and Alice convinced Lowenstein that they needed the cannon, powder, and cable just in case they ran into trouble. Lowenstein rolled his eyes but finally agreed to let them bring their toys along on their so-called rescue mission. The three left the Carinade Tavern and set out for the Lightning Wood to investigate Tesla's strange telegram. Hearing voices in the forest, Alice, Hercule, and Lowenstein sneaked up to the secret testing site that Tesla called the Lightning Wood. They hid in the bushes to watch. Lowenstein couldn't believe it. His boss stood in the clearing, tied up between the two tall electric towers he and Tesla had built. Tesla used electric coils wrapped around the towers to conduct power transmission experiments. But the three witches had something more sinister in mind. The weird sisters, which 
Jerusha, Gabriella, and Ursula danced around Tesla, reciting strange words in another language. Gabriella read out loud from an old leather-bound book. The bartender had been right all along. The three witches had kidnapped Tesla and intended to harm him with dark magic. Lowenstein tried to stand up and tell the witches to stop their foolishness, but Alice put a hand on his shoulder and pushed him back into hiding. Lowenstein didn't believe in magic. He believed in science. But as the weird sisters recited their spell and danced in the moonlight, an abnormal greenish light bloomed in the trees outside the clearing. For the first time in Lowenstein's life, he had to admit that magic existed. The greenish glow brightened. Something materialized there, a creature about the size of a man. Lowenstein wanted to run into the clearing and tell the witches to stop, but Alice and Hercule convinced him that it would be better to wait until just the right moment. The creature walked into the clearing. It looked like a man, but with green skin. Tentacles writhed out of its sleeves, collar, and face. It looked upon the witches with a pair of glowing red eyes. It wore a snappy suit and walked with a swagger. The three witches fawned over the creature. They called him Cthulhu, the Great Old One. The witches had summoned Cthulhu from outer space with an ancient spell written in a book called the Necronomicon. Together, Cthulhu and the witches planned to dominate the whole world and turn humanity into enslaved people. The sisters hoped to become powerful subjects in Cthulhu's court. They hoped to help rule over everyone on the planet. But Cthulhu couldn't take over the world because he looked like a man, only with green skin, tentacles, and red eyes. To dominate Earth, Cthulhu had to take on his complete glorious form, big and mighty, a creature so powerful that he could wipe out a planet with a single flick of his finger. The three witches would have to cast another spell to make Cthulhu whole. But to make the spell powerful enough, they must sacrifice a clever man. That's why they kidnapped Nikola Tesla and brought him to the Lightning Wood. Lowenstein could barely believe what Cthulhu and the Weird Sisters were planning. If he hadn't seen Cthulhu summoned with his own eyes, he would have laughed at the whole situation and dismissed it as just another campfire story. Still tied up between the two electric towers, Tesla asked what manner of ugly being stood before him at his secret testing facility. Cthulhu said, well, if it isn't the Nikki Tesla, I've heard of you, but I have to say I am disappointed. Tesla seethed in anger. He bragged about his accomplishments, such as his vast electric power station at Niagara Falls, his invention of x-rays, and the first remote-controlled apparatus. Cthulhu considered Tesla's inventions nothing more than toys and trinkets. Nevertheless, the Great Old One boasted about his complete form and how he had visited other planets and stars. Cthulhu said he had even tried communicating with Earth by sending a message to Tesla's Knob Hill Laboratory. Tesla remembered receiving transmissions from outer space, but couldn't translate them. Cthulhu said, Let me translate my message for you. People of Earth, 
Get ready for the biggest, the boldest, the best-lookingest, heartbreakingest of them all. Cthulhu is entering the building. Get ready for the ignominious end of the world, baby. Cthulhu asked the witch sisters if Tesla was their sacrificial, clever man. The sisters conceded that Tesla was the best Earth had to offer. Cthulhu shook his head and said that if Tesla was the best Earth could offer, he'd be doing the planet a favor by wiping it out with one sneeze. He told the witches to cast the second spell, sacrifice Tesla, and make him whole. The Terrifying Lies podcast will return after this short commercial break. Welcome back to the Terrifying Lies podcast. Cthulhu sparkled with energy, but the three witches knew it wouldn't last. They had to cast the second spell to bring Cthulhu to his full stature and power. They drew scary knives from their pockets and advanced on Tesla. Their spell required the sacrifice of a clever man. The three witches had chosen Nikola Tesla for his brilliant mind. Many believed Tesla to be the most intelligent man in all the land. As the witch sisters attacked, they chanted words from their ancient book, the Necronomicon. Magic shimmered from their fingertips and their scary knives. Energy glimmered all around the forest clearing. Some of it even lit up the two electrical towers to which the witches had tied Tesla. Tesla shouted insults at the witches as they advanced on him. He ridiculed their magic. He told them they were foolish to follow Cthulhu and they were stupid to believe that they could overtake the world with silly words and absurd spells. The witch sisters didn't listen to Tesla. He couldn't escape the rope ties around his wrists. Cthulhu and the three witches had the upper hand. Tesla could only defend himself by kicking at the witches, but they remained persistent, trying to get at him with their knives and magic words. Cthulhu laughed as he watched the fight. He knew time would run out for him if the witches didn't finish their spell. He knew that soon he would disappear in a poof of magic unless they made him whole, but he couldn't help finding amusement in the little scuffle. Lowenstein, Alice, and Hercule watched the fray from their hiding place in the bushes. Alice couldn't take another minute of the scene unfolding before her. She left the hiding place and ran into the clearing. Lowenstein tried to stop her. He said they needed a plan, but Alice didn't listen. She wanted to fight. The three witches, startled, stopped attacking Tesla and turned on Alice. Alice picked up a stick and swung it at the witch sisters, trying to keep them away from Tesla. Tesla joined the fight by kicking the witch's shins. Cthulhu laughed out loud from the shadows. Back in their hiding place in the bushes, Lowenstein watched the magic energy spark from the tops of the tall coils he and Tesla had made. The magical energy charged up the coils. Lowenstein could tell that the coils held a tremendous amount of power. A plan formed in his head. Lowenstein fastened the long metal cable the bartender had given him to the cannonball. He and Hercule packed the carronade with gunpowder and loaded the ball deep in its throat with the cable coming out of the front of the gun. With the cannon loaded, Lowenstein and Hercule ran out of the bushes into the clearing where Tesla and Alice did their best 
to fend off the witch sisters. Tesla sighed in relief. His friends had come to rescue him. Even Lowenstein, who had quit working for Tesla that very morning, had come with the others to fight off the weird sisters and free his boss. Tesla thought that if they all lived through the night, he might even hire Lowenstein back on as his assistant. Hercule aimed his cannon at Cthulhu as he and Lowenstein moved through the clearing toward one of the tall towers. Cthulhu raised his hands but kept laughing. Cthulhu knew that Hercule's cannon couldn't hurt him. If Hercule fired, Cthulhu would leave his little body behind and head back into space. He would wait there for more followers like the three witches to summon him back to Earth. But Cthulhu didn't want to leave. He wanted Jerusha and her two sisters to finish the spell so he could gain his full power now. He told the witches to hurry and finish their incantation. The witch sisters couldn't sacrifice Tesla. Every time they tried to attack him with their knives, Alice swung at them with her big stick, and Tesla kept kicking them. Alice knew they couldn't hold off the witches for long. She hoped Lowenstein and Hercule had the plan to save Tesla. Lowenstein and Hercule made their way to one of the energy towers. Lowenstein clipped the end of the long cable to the tower's base. He told Hercule to aim the cannon up into the clouds that floated above the lightning wood testing facility. Hercule aimed, he counted to three, then fired the carronade. Lowenstein watched the cannonball carry the end of the long cable up into the sky. Just when the ball disappeared into the clouds, he pulled a lever on the side of the tower to discharge all of the magical energy stored up in the coils far above the clearing. The explosion from the lightning woods scared everyone for miles. People back in Colorado Springs woke up in the middle of the night to the sound of supernatural thunder. They looked out of their shutters and stepped onto their porches to stare at the storm in the sky. The townsfolk had grown accustomed to strange lights in the heavens. They even speculated about strange goings-on coming from that secluded place in the forest. But the storm that night surpassed anything they'd seen so far. The whole countryside lit up as if the sun had come up early. Silver and green lightning bolts flashed across the heavens. The clouds transformed into a giant vortex spinning in the air. Bits of trees and dirt curled into what looked like a slow-turning tornado. Many people moved to safety but hunkered down in their root cellars. They worried that the storm brought more than just a few fallen trees and damaged roofs. They wondered if the world's end was unraveling and they couldn't do anything about it. Everyone in town knew about Jerusha and her two sisters, Gabriella and Ursula. They'd seen the three witches walking the streets, hissing at anyone who approached them and casting the sign of the evil eye with their fingers. But most of the townspeople thought of the three witches as nothing more than odd women who craved attention. But as they watched the lights in the sky, green and silver, fighting against each other in a battle for control and domination, they wondered if they should have taken the witch sisters more seriously. They wondered if they should have run the three women out of town on a rail. 
when Lowenstein pulled the lever and released all the pent-up magic and electricity, the energy traveled up through the cable into the clouds far above. The sky exploded into a wash of electromagical energy. The tops of the two tall energy towers flared, then blew apart. The blast sent everyone into confusion. Alice flew into the trees just outside the clearing. Hercule collapsed to the ground. Lowenstein and the three witch sisters tried to stay up on their feet, but they were losing the battle. Nikola Tesla stood in the eye of the hurricane, tied up between the remains of his two electrical towers. He watched his friends who had come to save him struggle against the pounding of electromagical forces. He thought about how much they'd sacrificed to rescue him. He realized that he had treated them selfishly, thinking of them as nothing more than tools to help him advance his experiments. He decided that if he and his rescuers made it through the explosion alive, he would treat them more fairly. He even might take Fritz Lowenstein back as his assistant, even though the man had walked out at a critical time during Tesla's experiments. The witch sisters screamed as they fought for pudding. They continued to recite the words from their old book, but even Tesla knew that the witches had lost the battle. Soon, the vortex of energy, light, and power overtook everyone. The witch sisters fell to the earth, not cold. Tesla's vision faded. His head lolled forward, and he passed out, overcome by the magnificent energy surrounding him. When the electromagical storm finally passed, the clearing lay in a state of devastation. Trees lay like scattered sticks, blasted from their footing in the ground, all pointing away from ground zero. The two tall electric towers lay in pieces, broken beyond repair. Alice woke up first. She pushed herself up to her knees and looked around, taking in the devastation that had unfolded in the clearing. She spotted Nikola Tesla lying between the two broken electrical towers. She sighed in relief when she noticed the scientist's chest moving up and down. Tesla lived. Somewhere far behind Alice, Lowenstein woke up. He moaned, holding his head. He checked his arms and legs one by one, looking for broken bones. Somehow, by a miracle, he had lived through the storm. Hercule walked out of the trees into the clearing, limping on an injured ankle. The rescuers walked over to Tesla, glad they had survived the three witches' evil spell. Alice woke Tesla up by gently touching the back of his hand. Tesla looked into the eyes of his three rescuers and smiled for the first time Lowenstein could ever recall. No! A woman shouted from just outside the clearing. Jerusha... Gabriella and Ursula walked out of the forest. Jerusha held a skeleton in her arms, looked clean by magic. The bones looked primarily human, but scraggly tentacles extended from its back and face, dragging behind Jerusha as she walked into view. <coughs> Nikola Tesla... Lowenstein, Alice, and Hercule could see that the electro-magical storm had wiped out Cthulhu and his snappy suit. <laughs> they celebrated as they watched Jerusha and her sisters move to the center of the clearing. Jerusha put Cthulhu's skeleton on the ground. The three witches stood around it, tears falling from their eyes. 
all of their plans to kidnap the world's most brilliant person and sacrifice him to summon Cthulhu, all of their ambitions to become the most powerful women in the world and to dominate over all humanity as queens in the court of the Great Old One lay on the ground, nothing more than a pile of scorched bones. Tesla and his friends ridiculed the witches. They told Jerusha and her sisters that they had been foolish to think they could ever defeat science with magic. They told the witches that humans would never be dominated by evil because they had a whole lot of something that the witches didn't seem to possess. Unity, harmony, love, and a desire to band together in the face of peril. Everyone felt static energy under their feet. Tesla said that the three witches' diabolical plans had fallen apart, crumbled, and reduced into a mild charge of static electricity in the ground that anyone could discharge with a single touch. Jerusha curled up her lip in anger. She stood to her full height. Her sisters gathered behind her. Jerusha looked down at the remains of her fallen god. She uttered a few words under her breath in a dead language. She clenched her fists and spat on the earth. From across the clearing, she stared into the eyes of Tesla. <coughs> Gabriella and Ursula moved in behind their sister. Gabriella flashed the evil eyes. Jerusha raised her finger to the sky. Jerusha said that science had won that day, but the Cthulhu's magic held more power in a single finger than Tesla's science could ever generate in even a million years. She said that Cthulhu lived. The great old one had returned to the stars and waited for beings like the three sisters to cast their spells and bring him to full power. Gabriella and Ursula cackled as they listened to their sister, Set Tesla, and his friends straight on the difference between science and magic. Jerusha vowed that although Tesla and his friends had defeated them, this time they would return. And if they didn't return, others like them would emerge from the shadows wielding ancient books with sacred words. The priests and priestesses of Cthulhu would find a way to bring ruin and destruction to every city and town on Earth. Ultimately, all human beings, men, women, and children, would bow their heads to those far more significant, far more ancient, and far hungrier than any being on the land, beneath the ocean, or in the stars. Cthulhu would reign supreme, and no human being with any amount of so-called unity, harmony, and love would stop him. Alice shuffled her feet in the scorched grass and walked over to Jerusha. She reached out a finger and touched the witch's nose. A spark of static popped between Alice's finger and Jerusha's face. All of the ground's static electricity disappeared with that single touch. <coughs> Angry and defeated, Jerusha scooped up Cthulhu's skeleton in her arms, cradling it like a child. She turned away from Tesla and his friends and stalked into the forest. The other two witches followed her, cackling out their threats and insults as they left. Just as they entered the trees, Gabriella spotted something on the ground. She bent down and cleared away the debris, revealing the Necronomicon. Even in a storm of magic light and electricity, 
The ancient book survived unharmed and ready for use. She scooped up the book and tucked it under her arm. The three witches disappeared into the forest. Tesla, Alice, Hercule, and Lowenstein celebrated as Cthulhu's underlings walked into the trees. They knew that science had won. Tesla thanked his friends for coming to his rescue. He said that they had changed his heart. In the future, he planned to be more gentle and kind. He extended his hand to Lowenstein and offered his former assistant his old job back. Lowenstein hesitated for a moment, staring at the genius's hand. Alice asked Lowenstein what he was doing. He needed to resume work for the man who'd changed the world. Lowenstein agreed. He took Tesla's hand, and they shook. Tesla looked around the destroyed clearing. He said they had a lot of work to do before returning to his experiments, and he would need everyone's help. The end. This has been Tesla v. Cthulhu, a bedtime story, written and performed by Craig Naibo, with original music by Craig Naibo. This story is based on the musical Tesla v. Cthulhu. You can stream the musical soundtrack at iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or any other place where you stream your favorite songs. This story is based on a larger project entitled Tesla v. Cthulhu, a musical. To date, I have not released the musical in its entirety to the public, only to a handful of much-appreciated Kickstarters. If you've followed the Terrifying Lies podcast, you undoubtedly know about the musical. You've even heard some of the songs. The musical was a monumental project and took me years to compose. Here's the good news. I plan to open Season 3 of Terrifying Lies with the entire dramatic recording and soundtrack of the musical. I know you're going to love it. This will be the first time the musical has ever been released to the general public. Speaking of Tesla v. Cthulhu the Musical, I thought I'd give you a song from the soundtrack. This tune is called The Ritual, Part 1, in which Jerusha, Gabriella, and Ursula incite their spell to summon Cthulhu to Earth. Enjoy!
This has been The Ritual Part 1 from the soundtrack of Tesla v. Cthulhu, a musical, composed by me, Craig Nibo. On behalf of the twisted and mind-maligned, I offer my thanks to you for listening to Season 2 of the Terrifying Lies Podcast. I enjoy offering these stories and music. If you like them, tell your friends. Let's build this little community of ours. Not to leave you high and dry, I will be posting inter-season editions of Terrifying Lies on the usual schedule. In the past, during some of these inter-season editions, I have offered recorded interviews with such characters as Victor Frankenstein and Professor William Dante. I've played recordings from the freestyle gargoyles. I've even played a court battle for zombie rights, fought by fellow authors David Butler and Michael Brent Collings. Don't miss the interseason editions. I know you'll love them. Well, the time has come to say adieu for a season, but don't despair. And certainly don't let your pension for fear atrophy until we meet again. Look for the premiere of Terrifying Lies Season 3 on Friday, September 1st at high noon. Until then, I bid you sweet dreams, or should I say, sweet nightmares. This has been the Terrifying Lies Podcast. Please, come again. You're welcome here. (laughs) 